A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today I'm joined by a lady that's been with us previously, Cheryl Peel from Australia. Cheryl, very warm welcome to you, Mom. And a warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me back again. The seven C's of conscious change, Cheryl. We uh, we did a previous episode, didn't we, where we, where we singled out the first of the seven C's, the choose. And uh, listeners, what we're going to do today, Cheryl and I, we're going to dance around the next two C's. Cheryl, do you want to lead us in on what, just give us a brief taste of what they those are before we deep dive on them? I, I'd be happy just to give you the titles and, and then let's play. There's so much to play with, particularly with, with the first one. The, the second of the seven C's is communicate. And that is just so essential to how we show up and interact with ourselves and the world. And that's why communicate is so important. And then the third one is to create. And I'm really excited to talk to you about that one as well. Mm, communication and creation blimey I think we could do just on either one of those we could probably do about six years worth of podcast listeners but um, we haven't got six years to spend on them so we'll do the best we can and uh, we'll enjoy the dance so Cheryl where do we even start with communication actually communication starts with you with yourself the first and most important aspect of communication, particularly within the context of a change event, is your self-talk, how you communicate with and to yourself. You are the only person who is with you the whole of your life and how you talk to yourself is incredibly important. There is a Stanford University research study that says that a normal person can have up to 16 different voices in their head and still be considered, you know, sane and reasonable. And it is all about the voices that we choose to listen to. There is an old Indian, and I'd love to remember the, the native tribe, but I can't, and I apologize for that, but a Native American Indian tale where a grandfather is talking to his grandson and he's talking about the two wolves that exist inside of you. And one, one wolf is greed and hunger and thirst and anger and revenge and all of the perceived darker emotions. And then the other wolf is love and hope and joy and light. And the grandson says in fear to his grandfather, but grandfather, which one will win? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. And that is why self-talk, how you speak to yourself is so important. I love that. I love that analogy. And I know, Cheryl, we spoke off here about this previously, haven't we, this example, that, that brilliant example you've shared there. And I offered a similar one around 
that that cliche listeners of the grass is always greener on the other side well actually it isn't the grass is greener because it gets watered more that's a it's bit you know it's, it's a bit deep that one is but it gets and it's the same kind of thing really cheryl isn't it that you know there's this kind of uncertainty but at the same time we create certainty you know and as you say quite right it's about this self-talk you know is the glass half empty? Is the glass full? Half full? Whatever. It's that self-talk, isn't it? That voice inside our head, which can tell us so many contradictory things. It's so true. And it's one of the challenges that we face, not just on a daily basis, but moment to moment often when we encounter things in our life that can impact our emotions and, and our decision-making process. And that's why choose is the first of the seven C's and that's why uh, it was so important. But communicate is just as important in its own way because the way you communicate with yourself, your self-talk really impacts how you present yourself and how you perceive the world. As we're aware and we've discussed before, Paul, there are people who choose to live their life at effect and there are people who choose to live their life at cause and another way of saying that is is there are people who choose to live their life thinking life is happening to them and that they are there's nothing they can do they're they're a victim woe is me and it's not my fault this has happened there's nothing i can do and there are those who live at cause and say all right okay this has happened I might feel awful about it. I may feel terrible. The loss may be great. However, I choose to do what I can in this moment and from this moment forward to take as much control around it as I can to create the best outcome possible, to make a way forward, whatever that looks like. And that is, the, that is why self-talk is so important. It is the I can, I do, I am more than enough. I am unique, I am incredible, I shine. These are the words that we need to say to ourselves. These are the conversations that we need to have because we fill our own cup first. No one else. We fill our own cup because if we fill our own cup, when we talk to ourselves and communicate with ourselves in a positive, loving, validating way, that acknowledges how uniquely awesome each and every one of us is, then, then it is much harder for what people say to us to have an effect. It's much easier for us to look at fear and say, I recognise what you are fearing. Yes, I might experience you for a period of time, but now I'll let you go because there's more for me to do and I'm going to get about the doing of it. I have a future to create and I intend to do it. Yeah. I was thinking as you were speaking there, Cheryl, around um, something that gets presented to me without fail on in, in kind of any personal development, self-empowering conversation, call it what you will. Uh, it's easy for you, Paul, and your guests to talk about this stuff. You don't understand. 
<laughs> if I had a euro or a pound or a dollar for every time I had that levelled at me, blimey, I would be a multi-trillionaire, I think. I'm exaggerating the point, listeners, but I'm sure you, you get what I'm trying to say. So, you know, on that note, Cheryl, you know, when people say, yeah, it's great, you know, you have these great conversations uh, and I've even had this kind of said from, from somebody in the past, but they're not real, Paul. They don't reflect the real world. Well, I know they do. So I suppose I use that context, Cheryl, to say, okay, so we're having this, this very interesting dance at the moment, but how do we then convey that message to people that, you know, are really, really, really struggling and, you know, looking up, sort of looking upwards, that mountain looks, well, they can't even see the top. It's so far up. You know, kind of what's the inspirational way forward on that then? The way I choose it, and without going into my history, I have built and lost businesses in the global financial crisis due to the GFC and illness. I've had to restart my life and my career multiple times through any number of events. And sometimes I have been entirely stopped or have felt like that in a moment due to what's happened, the events that have occurred. And that includes within 72 hours being diagnosed with two different kinds of breast cancer, having my brother drive me to the airport, arriving in the UK and on the Sunday to find out on Tuesday that morning that my brother had died, the one who drove me to the airport suddenly and he had had a double lung transplant 18 months before and had appeared to be fine. Things happen, things happen, and they happen to all of us. And it is important for us to recognise that, that everybody has a struggle, everybody has a story, everybody encounters trial and tribulation. And what I experience and what you experience are no less valid because different people have experienced different things. Where we are on our path is, is our path and our pains should not be compared to others' pains and struggles. But what I will say every time is the thing that you do is to take a small brave step when you feel that you might be unable to move forward, take just the smallest step. And one of the ways that you can do that is to communicate. When we communicate to someone else, when we are speaking our truth to someone else, we are establishing our intent. And as we have had it, has said in discussions before, quantum physics supports shaman and spiritual spiritual beliefs these days in that energy and intent are what create our universe. And so when you communicate to someone your intent, you are speaking it into the universe. You are stating, this is my belief. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. And you're engaging other people into that journey. You've committed to something and there is that saying, is they're not speaking something into existence, speaking something into reality. And that's what you can choose to do mm. when you communicate 
to others. And that's why the second part of communication, communication to others is so important on a number of levels. It's how we choose to voice our, our reality, how we choose to interact and share what we're doing with the greater world around us. And it's also about identifying, and this is within the seven C's of conscious change, communicate, identifying just who it is we need to speak to and why and to what extent. And that is another reason why communication is so important. I'm going to offer something, listeners here, which on the surface of it might sound really, really bizarre. I hope it does anyway. What's your thoughts, Cheryl, on this statement? One of the best ways to speak is to listen. I would come back to you with the statement that we were born with two ears and one mouth for a reason. And the whole speaking with intention, so conscious conscious communication is what is so important. When we take the time to be present, to actually really hear and listen to others and then take on what they're saying and then respond, the level of communication has such a greater magnitude of impact and relevance because we forget often in the chatter 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 that we have in the world whether we're on social media or whether we're watching someone has the radio in the background or the television there's this chatter 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 but often as as you suggest with that statement the space between words the space between thoughts and ideas where you really communicate in a meaningful way that's significant. That's important. Mm, definitely. Definitely. Yes. Thought-provoking, listeners. Thought-provoking. So anything else, Ray? I mean, there again, I was going to say anything else, Cheryl, on the communication. We could be here for weeks and weeks. and We could be here for a lifetime, couldn't we, just on that one C word. But for the poignancy and the... I suppose the the clarity and the brevity for you know this this limit relatively time limited dance, although I'm sure communication will raise its head again uh, as as we embark upon the other seas throughout the mini series. Anything else to kind of not bring it to a close, but to summarise the the second C that is communication before we move on to creativity. Yes, thank you for this opportunity. The first part of the summary is, as I said before, how you communicate with yourself, your self-talk, how you show up and support yourself and how you choose to interact with your world is really incredibly important because it is how you choose to honour yourself and respect yourself as a person. The second part, the external communication, how you communicate to others, it's, it's more than how you, you communicate, it is to whom. And within the context of the seven C's of conscious change, you need, you need to consider who it is that you need to communicate with, how and why, because you'll need to tell different people different things depending on the change event and what you're doing with it. So 
when you consider communication, consider who, how, and why. Amazing, isn't it? Something as simple as that, but how powerful it is. Incredibly. There's there's sometimes, and, and we often do it without thought, when something happens and we think, who do I need to tell? Who needs to know? How much do they need to know? When do they need to know it? They may not need to know it yet. If someone, for example, has had has had um, an accident or bought a car or whatever it is, who who needs to know when? And how much do they actually really need to know? So there's there is a little bit to consider in communication. Yes, it's certainly not a <laughs> it's certainly not a five minute throwaway subject, is it? <laughs> Ooh, hardly. Um, but we move on. We move on, Cheryl. So um, creativity. Now, this is where my uh, this is where I really get excited, listeners, because just going back to my own model of ABC, awareness, beliefs and creativity. In other words, creativity, doing things for me. And we've all got our own definition. But this is the creativity of, of the word creativity. What does it mean to you? So Cheryl, maybe a good starting point. What does creativity mean to you? To me as a person or to me within the context of the seven C's? Because that would be slightly different. You take us where you want to take us. It's an open-ended question. Okay. I I will suggest that creativity is important and often people will put themselves in a box and limit themselves and and may say, oh, because they've been told an old pattern or an old story and, oh, I'm not that creative or, oh, I can't do that, I can't write or I can't draw or I'm not that, that's that's not me. Creative is, creating is something that we do every day and we do it often on an unconscious level and we do it well. You know how to make a coffee, you know how to vary that coffee. It may be what you're making in a sandwich that you're doing something different with. But within the context of the seven C's of conscious change, when we talk about create, we're looking at the solution, how you are going to get to the goal that you want. What is the goal that you're looking to get to and how are you going to get there? And that's often what you do when you're looking to create a drawing or a painting, what is that going to look like? Or a book, what is the purpose of the book? How am I going to get there? What does it involve? And depending on that change event, what you're, what you're looking to do, it can be written on the back of a napkin. It can be something you hold in your head as you decide, how am I going to get to what I'm, what I'm looking to do or the end goal? that I'm looking to achieve. And you develop your solution, your way through. This is where you do that research, where you consider what is it that needs to be done and how do I need to do it? And is it me that needs to do it? Who else might be involved? This is where you sit down and and you really explore what your options are, what it is, how, how is it that you can get to that end goal? 
what resources are required, what is it you need to do. And again, as I said, you can do it in a napkin, you can have a list on your fridge, it can be in an in a whiteboard on the wall or posters, or it can be in a project management app. It really depends on the nature of the change event. But it all comes down in the beginning and ultimately and at the end to where is it that you need to be? How are you going to get there? Who's involved? What resources? What are the what are the, the things that you need to do? What stages? What events do you need to achieve in order to get to that outcome? And often people see that from a work perspective or a project management perspective, but it is about creation because it comes from you. Whether you are, it comes springing immediately from you or whether you need to do some research to acquire more information before you create that solution plan, it is a creative process because you have to think about it, you have to imagine that outcome, and then you have to work out or reverse engineer how you're going to get from here to there. I tell you, listening to you speak there, Cheryl, I was kind of smiling to myself um, around the statement I made just as we was bringing communication to a close and saying, listeners, you know, I'm sure communication will raise its head again throughout the seven seas. And listening to Cheryl speak, it's already raised its head because I was thinking about the creative way. When Cheryl was talking about, or I raised the question about, oh, it's all right for you guys, this, that, the other, because my world's very dark, maybe a creative way of communicating to ourselves in terms of what Cheryl said about the words we use is just to get a piece of paper and start writing really powerful, empowering words. You know, a simple word like sunshine, a very powerful word that we all take for granted or probably don't understand its meaning is the smile. You know, say the word smile and then try not to smile. <laughs> I mean, OK, I suppose a lot of that depends on what state you're in in the first place. But the point is, these are very positive words. So using that creativity of recording yourself, I don't know, singing in the bath, just making things up, you know, learning to laugh at yourself again. And, you know, that's kind of taking us back, Cheryl, isn't it, into the first part of communication generally and particularly that self-talk that, um, that you eloquently alluded to. It, it is. It is important. Often, as, as we, we mentioned before, people choose to listen to old patterns and to box themselves into, into certain behaviours or beliefs where they think that they are not creative. But the act of writing, as you said, just writing a powerful word, making a conscious choice to communicate on paper a powerful word is creative and manifesting your intent. It's establishing that intent into the universe. And that is an incredibly powerful and positive thing. So creativity is something that we do so often and simply neglect to acknowledge it because often it's a part of unconscious competence. We just do it and we fail to recognize because we're so used to doing it that it's creativity. If you're sending a text message to someone about something, that's, that can be creative as well. 
But within the context of the seven Cs and looking to move yourself through a change journey from where you start to where you need to be, figuring out how to get there, oh, you, that's creative, people. You can be incredibly creative. If, if for example, particularly within our current situation, if someone has perhaps been made redundant and that is their change event and they are feeling devastated and afraid and worried about what the future is, and then they experience those emotions, as we've discussed before, you, you recognise that initial reaction of fear and pain and doubt and worry, and then you acknowledge that and, and you make that conscious choice to say, this may have been the event that occurred. However, this event does not define me and I choose to go forward and make the best out of this. There's got to be opportunities out there. And then you're speaking that A to yourself and then you're saying it to others, well, this happened and this can be a great opportunity for me because there are other ways that I can be productive. There are other ways that I can create the future that I want. And you speak that into existence and then you start thinking about now just how am I going to do that? What does it look like? And you create that vision in your head. What is this solution? Again, you're creating a vision in your head. How do I get there? And that's when you start to synthesize. You research, you talk, you analyze, and then you synthesize and think about what does that look like? That solution where I need to be and how am I going to get there? And that is immensely creative. Being brave enough, being bold enough to imagine a future, your best possible future, and then manifesting it, that's brave and that's highly creative. Mm. I suppose the more, and I'm going to really take this back to baby steps now, of, you know, because I'm looking for little tools, little kind of insights of how we can, ways in which we can get creative. I mean, yes, that's for me, listening to you speak there, you know, that, 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 that's a big one. That's a big one. But the simple things in everyday life, like singing in the bath or scribbling, you know, I found this in the past when I've been in a really, really dark, angry space. I picked a crane up. I mean, when my kids were young, I got their cranes and I just scribbled on a piece of paper. And that sounds really bizarre. But that, you know, have you ever heard that line from a song? Um, I think it was the Moody Blues, Nights in White Satin. Letters I've written never meaning to send. There's, there's real, for me, there's real meaning in that. You know, the power of writing. I don't know if you've had a relationship breakup where you've wrote to your ex that, you know, you've poured all your heart and soul onto this letter. I'm going to send it her. And you know full well you won't send it. But it's that dumping of emotions onto paper. It's getting it out there. And, okay, that might be a little bit of an extreme example, but, you know, the reality, just the simple things in life, like, as I say, scribbling on a piece of paper or, or whatever it is, you know, I call it kissing the sun and touching the moon. Just flirt with the outrageous. Do something that's creative that you don't normally do. And it doesn't have to be earth shattering, because I think there's this thing in life, Cheryl, isn't it, generally, that, you know, if we're going to instigate change, it's got to be a massive major shift in X, Y or Z. But the reality is, it doesn't have to be to start with, does it? Actually, I'm a firm believer that whilst it, 
whilst it is amazing and, and some, some highly successful coaches espouse massive change, massive change now and every day, and if you are in that point in your life where you can do that, more power to you. Really, congratulations and rock forth with that. However, often people are incredibly challenged by whatever that event can be and can be in a state of stress or overwhelm or fear and uncertainty, all of those emotions that we experience on the change curve. And within the context of that, I am a firm believer in the power of small, brave steps. Small, brave steps. When you feel that it's, it's too much to do, to go to work that day when, when you are overwhelmed, make the first step getting out of bed and acknowledge that. And then make the next step going through your bathroom routine and acknowledge that. The power of small brave steps and cumulative wins is incredibly impactful because you are validating yourself. You're saying, look, I can do this. The, the mountain might be hugely tall. I may not be able to see the top, but I can take this next step. And then I can take another one because, see, I did that. And that, for me, is incredibly powerful for sustained success and that is personally and professionally in order to get yourself to a place of confidence and feeling more full and and I mean that in the terms where we always say you you can't drink from an empty cup start filling your own with with these small steps these small wins these successes that, that create confidence and certainty. And that is what helps you move forward and to be a little braver and to be a little bolder. Because your journey is yours, no one else's. And only you know how much it took you to take that step. And it might look like a tiny step to someone else, but it's probably a big step to you and it deserves the acknowledgement that you did that. And because you can do that, you can do the next thing. You're able to. That to me is the power of a small brave step and cumulative small wins. Mm. I'm going to offer something on that in a moment, listeners. Uh, but before I do, Cheryl, share with us, if you will, your contact details. Certainly. You can find me at the hello at the conscious change collective.org. And my website is the conscious change collective.org. You can find me on LinkedIn at Cheryl Peel. You'll see the, the, the woman with the very colorful dress on. It'll be hard to miss if there's more than one Cheryl Peel on LinkedIn. And I also have a, Facebook Conscious Change Collective group. Thank you, Cheryl. And it uh, goes without saying, I really look forward to um, to building on the, that's three of the seven we've done. So we'll be building on these listeners with uh, a couple more in the next episode. So 
you know, keep an eye out for that. But I said just before Cheryl shared the contact details there, I wanted to wrap this up by offering an insight. And I love the language that you used, Cheryl, around small steps, because that's very appropriate for pebbles in the shoe. So your pebbles only has a very, very small thing, isn't it? So don't underestimate the power of smallness, because if you're walking and taking small steps and you've got a pebble in your shoe, it's going to be very, very, very painful. But if you take that small thing out of your shoe, all of a sudden your journey becomes a whole lot better. I'll leave you with that thought, listeners, other than to say, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?